0: Welcome to Get In The Herd, a podcast about addiction and recovery brought to you by the McShin Foundation. If you or a loved one are looking for real discussions about addiction, recovery, stigma, advocacy, and most importantly, hope, then stick around. Thanks for joining us. Now sit back and get ready for another great episode of Get In The Herd.
1: John Shenholz, the President and Co-Founder of the McShendon Foundation here in Richmond, Virginia. You know, we have a wonderful recovery center, many recovery residences. We we, we carry the message of hope in many institutions. We just do a lot of wonderful things here, but one of the things I'm especially proud of is we created a memorial garden, and a memorial garden is a beautiful garden that has just just a, a place where we can memorialize our loved ones lost to this illness. So I want to send the country a strong message and build out this Memorial Garden, but I need your help. So please go to our website, click on the link to Memorial Garden, and uh, purchase a a brick for your loved one. Very inexpensive. And uh, let's show the country that that we, we matter, that we count, and that we're not going anywhere. and founder of McChin Foundation, also a person in long-term recovery from substance use disorders. And for that, that means for the purpose of tonight's topic, how do we stay clean and sober during the holidays? This is my 40th clean and sober holiday. So if there's anything I know how to do, is how not to use through the holidays. And uh, we might hear more about that in a minute. But uh, I do want to welcome everybody. Um, we're very proud to have you here tonight. Uh, me and Honesty Lillard, the other co-founder of Care Talks, this is like a little side hobby of ours, putting these talks together, because we think it's important that we have recovering people share about recovery on a regular basis. So we we think it's a good hit, and uh, we're very excited for our lineup tonight. You know, the holidays. I remember, I do remember my first holiday season, and it, it was very difficult to stay clean. My particular situation, I was in the Marine Corps at the time, 6,000 miles from home in an environment that wasn't conducive to staying in recovery. As you can imagine, being in a deployed battalion in the infantry on ships and going around the country and the world, you know, you're with your people, places and things. But one thing I know I had to do once I got that message, how to do this thing, I had to find my recovering people. So during the holidays, my first season in the holidays, I had to hang out with recovering people. Every chance I got, whatever they did, I did it. And you just follow and you just do that. You know, I wasn't very happy at the time, but as years went by, I learned how to normalize the holiday season. And now I really look forward to it. And I know it's a very relaxing, comfortable family time of year for me. And I hope that'll be your story. I know a lot of y'all, by show of hands, how many of y'all, this is your first holiday season? In recovery, I think that'd be most everybody. If you hear what I'm saying, the uh, uh, of course the Earth people don't go for y'all, but these speakers we got, they they know how to do this. So pay co- close attention, take notes if you need be, and as we go down our lineup, our first man up is Marlon Bacody, but the man you're about to hear during our break, we do a break in between the first half and the second half. And during the break, Brandon, Marlin happened to have written a book, and he's got his book set up in the back of the room, and you're welcome to a book, you got to buy it, and, and uh, I, I wasn't sure if we purchased them and given them to, to, to anybody in one of our program house, if you would like a book, a signed copy, Marlin will give you one, and just let us know how many it is and we'll reimburse you for it. But I want the program house folks, if you want, if you like what this man says, you want a signed copy of his book, you get one. You know, I met Marlon. I I really got to know Marlon well in the last few weeks. And me and Marlon were talking in my office one day and we, we had a, just a wonderful talk. I mean, I really enjoyed that time we had. He gave me a book and that's my next book to read. I haven't got around to reading it yet. But I've watched you, I watched what you do around here, and, and I really can't wait to crack the cover and read it because I'm sure I'll go cover to cover with it. But you, you, you have really, you've touched my spirit since I've known you. And and I know I'm I've been around long enough to know when I get around authentic people who are who somebody worthy of, of really trying to spend time with together. And you're one of those people, and I really look forward to spending more time with you. So warm care talk, welcome for Marlon Bacote. Shoot, buddy.
2: Proud of you, man. Yep. That's a whole lot coming from my hero. <laughs> well, all right, got to get through this, y'all. <laughs> Not gonna cry right now, but uh, hi, my name is Marlon. I'm an addict in recovery, and I'd like to welcome y'all to Care Talk, Care Talks. Um, so, navigating through the holidays, right? When I thought about this, I said. What's one of the most important things that we think about when the holidays come? Family. Somebody said Santa. What? Santa. Okay. And what? And what does Santa bring? Gifts. Gifts. Wow. Right there. That thing. <laughs> Gifts. Because guess what? Right. I thought about how many times I woke up as a kid hoping I get the you know the gift I wanted that I had started acting right for you know started being on my best behavior. So, my parents, so I could get on Santa's nice list, right? Or I thought about a gift that I would get for a family or friend, uh, someone special in my life. What gift could I get them to let them know that I love them, right? And guess what? Since I've been here, I realized I get the best gift of my life every day when I wake up. We get the gift of life every day. We don't have to wait for the holidays or navigating through the holidays to understand how valuable this gift is, right? And um, so so I, I, I say all that to say, while I'm navigating through the holidays, what have I done with gifts in the past or my gift of life? I've taken it for granted, right? I haven't valued it. And sometimes we do that with gifts, but I believe that one of the most important things I can do this holiday season for myself and also for the people that love me and for my higher power that gave me that gift is to treasure it. So let's treasure our gift of life this holiday season. And also let's protect it, right? Because sometimes we can let people borrow our gifts or we can give our gifts away, let people use them. Let's protect our gift by protecting our peace. This is what I do I, I protect my peace to treasure my gift. And that way, my life, whatever I'm doing, I remember one time this summer as I was, you know, in a, in an isolated spot as I was just focusing on myself, learning to love me while at Sunnybrook and you know, and, and didn't have a car and I had to stay in the house a lot, just go to work and come home, and come here on Wednesday night, McWednesday. You know how that is, guys. <laughs> you gotta be here all day, right? And that was one of the best times of my life because I got to sit alone with myself and learn that I love the gift of life. I love being able to love me and just be with me by myself. Um, so I say protect your gift, right? Treasure your gift. Don't let anything disturb it, not even the holidays, because they'll come and go. But guess what? After December, after January 1st, if we still happen to be here, we're still going to get that gift of life, right? I went downstairs last week and and uh, uh, went on the wall. I uh, had to ask, uh, where is she? Joyce. I said, what's that name? She said, The Big Room. I said, that's where those names are, people we've lost to addiction. They don't have that gift of life anymore. And uh, I took some pictures. I took pictures of those, and I'm sure it's many more names uh, that people are dealing with, the loss of a loved one during the holidays. And uh, like I have been in the past, I lost myself. I wasn't here physically, emotionally, or anything for the people that need me. I was dead to them. And so I'm just so grateful for the gift of life that I have today and for you all that are here with me celebrating this holiday twenty twenty-two. I love y'all. Happy holidays.
1: Now, Marlon has set the uh, pace here for these talks. That was a good job, Marlon. You know, we say, you know, eight to minute, eight minutes maybe. A lot of people go 10, 12, 14. Yeah, I think you on point there. So big, big hit. You know, this next fella coming up, I met Kevin a few years ago. He was one of our weekend warriors around him. And I'm telling you what, this man is a beast for recovery. He's the kind of guy I could just sit there and let him do the talk and. I just absorb it, and not only that. If you know, a lot of people might look at me and say, "Well, John really, you know, says what he's thinking, right?" Not like this guy, man. This guy, he will say what he's thinking, and and it's like, holy smoke, man! I met a guy more more talking about what he's thinking than me, and and I've seen the impact he's had on people. You know, when Kevin gives it to you, oh my God! If you don't get it from Kevin, you need greater help. But anyway, Kevin come on up here and tell us how you you stay clean during the holidays. give Kevin a big hand man this is yes,
3: sir I've been clean since 5 20806 that's two days short of 16 and a half years and uh I want to thank God man for saving me you know, and my sponsor tells me to say the God of my understanding because a lot of people get offended when you talk about God. You know, it's the God of my understanding who, who saved a guy who had been homeless twice. The second time was for five years. Who saved a guy who stole everything from his parents that won't nail down. Who saved a guy who couldn't be told nothing. I knew everything when I was younger, man. You know, and if you in here, man, and you, I'm 58 years old. If you if you're younger than 58, you might want to take heed of this. If you think you know everything and can't nobody tell you nothing, I feel bad for you, man. I feel bad for you, man. Because I paved the road, man, for everybody that's coming behind me, man. Being locked up 38 times down that old city jail that ain't stopped me from doing what I wanted to do. I ain't scared to go to jail. It ain't nothing but a break for me. Being homeless twice, that ain't stopped me, man. Stealing from my parents, that ain't stopped me. What stopped me, man, one day at a time, man, that I got tired. You know, I had a hell of a spiritual awakening, man. I was homeless, I was in Monroe Park. I got on one of those buses that went to Victory Tribe in Church. Midway through the service, I started crying. I went to the here in the place where I was going in overnight part of the program, maybe twice a week. I went into the program that day and I ain't used since. I ain't want to use. I'd be lying to you if I didn't say I didn't think about using because I think about using. And I remember, man, it, it hasn't been hard, not one day, man. You know, and, and y'all might have noticed the way I came up here, and that's because I got a fifty-two thousand dollar prosthetic leg on. That I lost my leg at eight years. And I laid in the bed, man, and that's when spirituality really, really hit me, man. You know, my girlfriend who I met through Facebook, because I won't thirsty after a woman, I was trying to get to know myself. And God dropped one right in my lap. We've been together five years. She went home for the weekend and I was just telling Cora, man, about how a disease come come at you. Can't come at me about going get two for 15. It come through me, through her now. My behaviors with her. You know, when she wants to know why I ain't answer the phone, why every time I go to somewhere your FaceTime don't work. And me and Cora was over there laughing and Kazoo pops up on my shoulder at any given time. You better explain to her what you're doing. You know, but they say happy wife, happy life. So I want the household to be good, man. So I explained to him, I don't know what happened to the phone, babe. You know, I need to go in there and check it and see what happened and all, man. <laughs> and then he said, You a chump, man. And I said, "Yep." And I said, I shown sure enough am, man. You know, I listened to this voice right here, man, for 30 years. I listened to this voice. And everybody in here, man, got spirituality in them. You know how I know? Because everybody in here probably stood in front of a judge, and I guarantee you, God came out your mouth then, didn't he? Lord, please don't let him. Lord, please don't let him give me a, them six years. You know, man, I had a spiritual awakening, man, and God took the desire away, man. He took it. He took it, man. You know, my girlfriend, she going to uh, Boston. she be back. I got to pick her up from the airport tomorrow evening, and there ain't nobody coming. I love my girlfriend, man. Ain't nobody caught me not I love better than my own, man, because I know what tranquility all about, man, I ran and I ran and I ran, man, until I got tired. And when I got tired, man, God knew my heart. John, I thank y'all for giving me the opportunity to go down that city jail that I've been locked up down there 36 times in the old one. And sometimes when them doubters take too long to come get me, man, I'll get somebody else to take me downstairs. I said, boy, they they digging something up on me, man. (laughs) But see, I still look at the glasses being half empty, man, where I come from. The hardest part I had to do, man, was how to act like a human being, man. How to treat a woman, man. How to look at a man in his eyes. How to be confident. I got down to the jail, man. I'm going to tell you, man, when you get to a certain point, man, With your spirituality, you don't care what nobody think about you, man. I don't care. Not where I come from, man. I'm gonna end with this. I was pulling up because I'm always. I learned to be on time is to be late. I'm always at the jail 15 minutes ahead of time. Always there, 15 minutes ahead of time. Lady said, "You always here early." I said, "Yeah, I got there from the program I came through and all." And so as I got on my truck one day, there's another lady that worked down there. She worked in housekeeping. Older lady worked with a limp, and so I was cleaning my glass. I had washed my truck, so I was leaning the uh, class, cleaning the glass. And uh, and uh, I happened to look over there and I saw her whispering to a dude, and I know she was talking about me, you know. And that would have bothered me, man. That would have bothered me, man, five or six years ago. But you know what I said to myself? She can't be doing nothing but telling them how good I look. Thank (laughs) y'all.
1: I guarantee you in the old days, holidays rolled around, I had like radar up here, heat-seeking radar. I knew where all the drugs were, all the parties were, where all the old gang was every holiday season. I get in recovery, I had to lose that. I had to find my, my old-timers and say, where are you going? What are you doing? We're going to a meeting. We're going to an alka farm We're going to an open house. And I followed people around to these meetings, to the open houses, to these recovery events, these recovery parties. I avoided people, places, and things. You know, this, this is your first season. I know here at McShane and other recovery community organizations, we got constant barrage of events, people, places, and things that are all about recovery, staying clean and sober. So keep that in mind. Now, this next woman coming up here she got as much experience as screwing up during the holidays as she does staying clean and sober during the holidays. She knows how to do it. She's a real warrior. I've watched her the last few years. This this, this is another one of those true recovering warriors. And uh, Tammy, come on up here and tell us how we do this thing. Give Tammy a warm welcome. Thank you. Thank you. If you move around, take the mic with you and talk in it so the Facebook people can hear us. Well, if you do, take the hand mic. Hey,
4: Miss Tammy, I'm a person in long-term recovery. It's good to be here tonight, and um, and I just wanted to start out just by saying, when I say I'm a person in long-term recovery. I have the disease of a of addiction and 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 I've been abstinent from drugs and all other you know in any form whether you drink uh, whether in the liquid form the vapor form since um, January 17th of 2019 um, but on a deeper level and I mean you know and, and that's exciting. I, I am coming up on four years, but uh, I, I don't really front myself clean time like that. I'm very grateful for my clean time. And uh, when I say long-term recovery, you know I, I really, on a deeper level for me, it means uh, I was 17 years old, and when I first was told about recovery, and I wanted it then, and I've been on the path to get here ever since. Um, You know, and the message with that is that if, no matter how many times you've ever tried, I I, I know that uh, John asked how many people it was their first time attempting, you know, recovery, but if you've been trying for as long as I have, um, if you have, you know, I think it's important to identify, um, I've got more white key tags and more white chips than, than, you know, to fill up a dresser drawer. But if you've tried that many times to welcome, keep coming, it will eventually work. If you could survive to get here, um, it can work for you and it, because it's worked for me. And in, so I was thinking about, you know, what has been working for me since I got here this time, and and it really starts out with just a, uh, I was I was broken, and as broken as I've ever been in my entire life. Um, I I did not think that if I came back to the program that it was going to work for me. I did not think I didn't think anything was going to work. I really thought that the best thing for me to be was to to be dead, to be to go away from here, um, and so. A series of events happened that I be, I, I was freed. I, w- I went to jail. I didn't think I was going to get out, and I did. And um, for the longest, like, I made some commitments when I came out. I, I, was, I was so starkly awake about the fact that I did not want to live anymore if it was going to be like that, um, and that everything had to change um and i made the commitment that i was going to get in here and that i was going to do all the things that they had been saying all along and it started with going to meetings all the time Um, and as i started coming to meetings every single day and started being a part of the recovery community I was asked to to maybe come and you know because I, I you couldn't really get rid of me around here, and so I was asked to come and you know and Jesse asked me to come and uh and work some weekends and as the uh, as the holidays approached, um I had been working some weekends along with another job, and you know. What, one thing I want to share right now is that, like, what, what I did to stay clean during the holidays these last four years may not be what works for you. Like, like for my story, it, you know, for some people, it's important to move, you know, to be with family. And for others, you know, my case is it's important for me to be family for someone who has none or, you know, or is alone. So that is pretty much how I approached the holidays. And when shifts were available, you know, and they were asking for people to fill them, I was like, well, give me all of them. Because, uh, because I I needed to be, I needed to save my life. Um, And we ended up having such a good time. I mean, you know, we packed up the van and and went and saw the site. And, um, you know, we we did all kinds of stuff together. And I think, um, you know, a, a big part of it for me was to just, you know, ask God where he wants me, you know, and, and to present to me, like, who, who I, you know, can be there for. And I'll tell you, every time I do that, you know, someone appears. And I have had the honor and privilege of making friends for life through that process. Um, you know, and I put myself around the winners here. Um, and, you know, and I get, that, I get that inclusion from them. They taught me to do it, you know, to turn myself out, you know, because of, of them and what they do. So, um, you know, if you... If you're struggling on the holidays, just reach out. Look look for somebody in the room whose face looks blank, who who doesn't look like they're laughing and carrying on with everybody else. Look for that person and reach out to that person, you know, and you'll get relief from your own self. Um, I have, and um, I guess that's all. Thank you.
1: You know, I can remember that, that like that first Thanksgiving I went through and I got to thinking, well, that wasn't bad. I made it right. Then, then, you know, you got Christmas and New Year's coming. And I was thinking, man, I'll never make it. But because I was hanging out with them old timers, following them around, you know, doing what they were telling me, I started getting some benefit, you know, and, and, and I got to thinking, wow, what would my life look like if I make it to a whole holiday season without using, without screwing up? Because if I do that'll be the first time I don't end up getting arrested. And I'm thinking I'd like to go through one holiday season without all that drama and gone if I didn't make it through. And I got to thinking after that first holiday season, wow, I just did that. I might be able to do another one because during that season, as I'm feeling so bad, being angry and frustrated, it occurred to me because everybody kept telling me, look, Keep coming back. It gets better. And I'm thinking, well, hell, it's got to get better, number one, because it sucked coming through the first one. But the people I was around was enjoying life. They were looking good. They were excited. And, you know, they're talking about multiple years of recovering, going through these seasons time and time again. I'm thinking that's what I want. So if all i got to do is not use and do what they do to get what they get, man, you can count me in. Our next speaker, you know, Boy, he's a hell of a man. This guy's a, a, a true beacon of hope. I mean, he's like a lighthouse upon himself. And not only is he a good old timer in recovery, but he taking the initiative to do this thing, you know, a step above, you might say. You know, he took on that challenge to have his own recovery houses. And I'm talking good ones. I'm glad I'm excited to know he's got some openings because I might have some people for him here in the next week or so. We might be able to fill him up quicker and he wants to be full. But man, if I was a man in recovery looking for a sponsor or looking for somebody to kick it with you, you'd be foolish not to get this man's phone number. I mean, this, this guy, I'm telling you, man, he's, he's a a real deal. Not that all the other speakers aren't, but not only that, he's got the capacity to, to share his recovery with you too, which is good. So, Corey, come on up here and tell us how you do it.
5: Recovering addict named Corey. Thank you, John, for asking me to speak. Thank you all for being here. Thank you for care talks. Um, this It's funny how God works for me um, because this is this has been the hardest holiday season that I've had. Um, and when you told me the topic, I was, and I just, I like I do was laugh. I'm like, oh, you funny. You know, like this is real. Um, so you're talking about navigating the holidays and not usually staying clean through the holidays. And this is my first holiday season alone. Um, I've had some, some changes in my life and um, it's just me. Like, growing up as a kid, you know, it was always family, and then I got my own family and all that stuff. And so it was always, and then it was, you know, in my party years, I was always hanging out with friends and doing a bunch of stuff. And this year, it was was just me. And, you know, I have to realize, what for me, the way my brain works, like, I have to understand things for me to really work my way through them. And the first thing I had to understand is I'm an an addict, however you want to call it, substance use disorder, addict, person in long-term recovery, I like to get high. That was was me. Um, And I have a pathway of recovery that helps address that. I don't know if I'm supposed, I'm not advocating or promoting, but Narcotics Anonymous saves my life on a daily basis. And I take the principles and the teachings of Narcotics Anonymous personally. Um, I, I thank all of my predecessors that have shown me how to live, how to apply the principles of the program in my life. You know, I have a sponsor that has a sponsor, that has a sponsor, that has a sponsor, and we keep working stuff. I have a network of people that I work that I talk to on a daily basis. You know, I have sponsees, I do service work. I do all the things, you know, I, I pay attention to the things that the old time was saying that they did before me. And it helps to address my disease of addiction. But when I got here, I had this idea, you know, I call it that false veil of recovery, that, oh, I'm in recovery, I'm going to work the 12 steps, and I work through the 12 steps, and my life is going to be perfect, everything is going to be fine, unicorns and rainbows from now. No, Jack, that's not how it works. I'm also a literature person. I read the literature of Narcotics Anonymous. And one of the lines in the It Works How and Why" says that recovery does not exempt us from having to live through painful situations. That's letting me know that it's going to happen, like it's going to come. Those painful situations are going to come. But the program has already placed things in my life to help me address them, to help me work through them. Right? It's going, You're going to have things that's happened, like uh, this Thanksgiving. It was, was, was hard. Like there are people that have been a part of my life all of my life that are no longer here and they will not be at any more thanksgivings. That's hard to deal with, right? There's people that have instilled life lessons in me that were a huge part of my life and they're not here anymore, right? So it makes me sad. Like right? My own family has changed, it makes me sad. So I was in pain for the holidays. But then I also had to apply the principles of my program, which tells me we don't use no matter what. Now, I've been clean for a little while. I don't I, the desire to use has been lifted, thank God. Didn't say nothing about the thought, though, because <laughs> my brain would tell me, you know, what will make this go away. Like kind of like Kevin was talking about kazoo, you know, that little voice that's in the back of my head. Cause you know, and then I thought something was wrong with me because every now and then I would have the thought to still use. And I had an old timer once tell me he says, he says, uh, basketball players think about playing basketball, race car drivers think about race cars. So what do you think addicts think about? So it helped me to understand it's not it's not anything wrong with me, like that's just the way my brain works. And I had another old timer tell me that it's okay to have thoughts. It's the action that you need to work on. I don't have to follow through with the thought. So I have the thoughts come and then go. So there's the addict part that I have, that I've been blessed to have something to help me deal with it, but I also need to understand that I'm still human. You know, I can't, personally, this is me, I can't blame everything on the disease of addiction. Because I, when I, I, when I first got here, I wanted to use the disease as a, as a scapegoat. Everything was a disease. It was the diseases' fault. This is me. I, this might not be for everybody, but I'm talking about me. The human nature is important to address as well, because what we call Earth people also feel lonely. They also feel sad. You know, so it's, it's parts of me that are going to feel these things, and it's normal. It's okay so I have to find something to help address the human side as well and for me I choose to call it god the god of my understanding i also built see the the program of narcotics anonymous also helped me to address this aspect too because it helped me develop a relationship with a god of my understanding not my parents God or my grandma's God or the God that y'all talk about, I had to work on myself to develop my own relationship. And I know that the God of my understanding takes care of me. So when I was I'm isolated by nature. So leading up to Thanksgiving, like I had already I knew that I was going to be by myself. And I will beat myself up like I was sit in the house and sitting self-pity and I was stewing it and just just think about all of the other holidays that were so much fun and how much this one is gonna suck and this that you know and I will just beat myself up well the god of my understanding put something in place for that he put me on my work schedule I had to work didn't even know it until the day before Thanksgiving somebody was like are you what time are you coming to work tomorrow I ain't coming to work tomorrow. It's Thanksgiving. You need to check the schedule. And I was scheduled to work. A 12-hour shift, 8 to 8. Right? So I ain't have to be by myself. I'm the type of person that I can be around a whole crew of people and still be lonely. I don't have to be alone to be lonely. Right? So I get to work. And when I walk in the door, my clients are sitting at the table at 7.30 doing a Bible study soon as I walked in the door and asked me to sit down and join them in this Bible study, right? God doing for me what I can't do for myself. And we sat and we we did this Bible study. And then they were cooking Thanksgiving dinner. So I got in to help cook Thanksgiving dinner. You know, it, it felt like when I was a kid helping my big mama do cooking, you know, so it got me out of my head. And then we ate and we did a we went around the table and one of the clients was like, Can we do a gratitude list? What are you thankful for? I don't want to be thankful. Let me be, let me sit in my self-pity. But it wouldn't let me. So they like the program and the God of my understanding helped me when I couldn't help myself. You just I just had to allow it. Like I am my biggest obstacle. Every time, there's nothing that anybody else can do. Nothing that can happen that can hurt me more than I can hurt myself. And a lot of time, it all happens up here. It starts up here, right? That human nature aspect. Like I'm also in a position now where I've done enough work on myself, and I've done enough uh, spiritual searching to understand that life is. Good. I'm gonna have feelings. Like, I don't fight the emotions that come anymore. Like, for a long time, I, 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 I believe that men don't cry. That's the way I was raised. You don't cry, you deal with it, right? You find a way to figure it out. You don't let nobody see your weakness. It's a lie, it's a huge lie. Feelings are gonna come and go. It's just like saying, it's like tides at the beach. So what I need to do is ground myself. Like everybody likes to go to the beach, you get in the water, you see the big wave, you don't run from it, what do you do? You Brace yourself. You Brace yourself. And you let the wave come, and then it goes back out. It's the same way with these feelings and emotions. I allow myself to feel them. I don't run from them anymore. If I want to cry, I cry. If I want to scream, I scream. If I want to kick, if it's ugly, it doesn't matter, whatever it looks like. I let it come and go. I can't can't allow myself to create a permanent problem. Well, what is it, a permanent solution to a temporary problem? No, uh -uh. because if I choose to get high, that's permanent. I'm going to lose my clean date, and I I ain't putting That's the most important thing in my life. May 3rd, 2016. I, I make a daily commitment every day and i have a group of people that we send it out every morning the man always says the same thing addict name Corey. clean date 5316 sponsor's name home group name and today i made a deep and personal commitment to stay clean just for today I do it every day i've been doing it every day now for about about 5 years Sometimes I don't feel like doing it. I don't want to do it. But I started it with so many people, I get them all the time. I'd be like, nah, let me send this out so y'all leave me alone. <laughs> but it's affirmation, it affirms my decision. Right? I have to make this decision and this commitment daily. And that's what I do. I get out of my own way. You know, there's another book that I read that helps address my human side. Like, I have a book that I read for my recovery side. I also have a book that I read, or actually several books that I read for my human side. And the human one says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. I hold on to it. God, in my understanding, don't want me to hurt Right? So it gives me hope. That's how I stay clean for the holidays. I, I under I, I understand me because I'm the problem. Like if I go and use, I can't blame it on the holidays. It's my fault. I'm gonna make a decision. I can't blame it on somebody not being here. I can't believe blame it on being sad. I can't I can't use all of that. If I use, I make a conscious decision to use. I ain't doing it today. Life is too good on this side, even if it's bad, even if it hurts. Right? They used to say my uh, best day high doesn't touch my worst, they clean. It doesn't, because this too shall pass, in spite of. Regardless of whatever is going on in my life, as long as I stay clean, I have a chance to make a battle. No matter how ugly it looks, how painful it is. And everybody here can do the same thing, if you allow it. It's up to you. John, thank you so much for this.
1: You know, reflecting back to 1982, you know, we just, we all, you know, all we had, Handful of literature and meeting at night. We didn't have a recovery center to go to. Here's some really good news. Anybody in this building is open seven days a week, typically from eight to nine, eight to nine o'clock at night. You have connection. Now, it may not be exciting at times, but it's safe. This is a safe place to go. To escape the chaos in your brain and in the community, so don't underestimate the value of a safe place to go. Not only can you come here, that we have old timers and peers that will talk to you, communicate with you, and help you make sense of that garbage in your head, but we have over twenty-five hundred groups and meetings a year in this building. So the chances are good you'll be able to participate in a group. You can catch a twelve-step meeting. You can have camaraderie, you can make it till sleepy time, and then off you go to wherever you sleep, and then you can come back the next day and do it again. This goes on, actually, 365 days a year, but now here during the holidays, we do special events during the holidays here. We had a killer Thanksgiving meal yesterday, you know, I came by twice, on the front end and back end, just to make sure it was real, and it was an awesome event. Here on on Christmas Day, we're going to have a beautiful event here, open house all day long and New Year's Day. So there's no reason why you, you got a place to go. And if you're watching this on Facebook and you're in the community, this is open to you too, just not the people present here. This is a public charity recovery community organization open to the community. Now, we got some wonderful events throughout the holidays. I just mentioned three. On uh, December 17th, you're all invited to the mix Foundation, friends and family and alumni and board and community open house. And me and my wife have a beautiful open house that night. And you're all invited, six to nine. And a bunch of you guys are going to stay, stay late and help clean up, right? Yeah, good. Uh, we have a special event tomorrow, Coley. He's going to bring a group of men. We're going to go play tomorrow on Saturday, man. We're going to have a fun time tomorrow. Keep you out of your head. I'll show you how to stay clean during the holidays. It's easy. Trust me. And um, during this break, we're going to have a special event. You can go back and get a book from Arlen, man. I mean, this is cool stuff. Now, I know what some of y'all are thinking. I want to go where the guys are. I want to go where the girls are. Well, guess what? This is co-ed organization. You know, don't. You know, who knows what might. I mean, honestly, our co-founder of Carrot Talks found a husband at one of these events. So it can happen. Well, it was it was it, it, rehab. Was, rehab is an event, OK? So look, we got you covered, OK? There's, there's some things you just will not have to worry about. Now, I believe we're going to take a 10-minute break. So at 6.55, we're coming back. It's important. To be back here at 6:55, so our Facebook audience can, you know, they're going to be present. So you need to be present too. You got exactly 10 minutes. Thank you. John Shenholz, the President and Co-Founder of the McShen Foundation here in Richmond, Virginia. You know, we have a wonderful recovery center, many recovery residences, we we, we carry the message of hope in many institutions. We just do a lot of wonderful things here, but one of the things I'm especially proud of is we created a memorial garden, and a memorial garden is a beautiful garden that has just just a, a place where we can memorialize our loved ones lost to this illness. So I want to send the country a strong message and build out this Memorial Garden, but I need your help. So please go to our website, click on the link to Memorial Garden, and uh, purchase a a brick for your loved one. Very inexpensive, and uh, let's show the country that that we, we matter, that we count, and that we're not going anywhere.
6: My name is Jillian Nye, and I'm the Director of Female Programs here at the McShim Foundation. I'm
7: Carla. I'm the Assistant Director of Female Programs.
6: We have an amazing women's program house out in Chester, Virginia. I've seen so many
4: women's lives change since entering into the McShim Foundation, and I'm grateful to be a part of it.
6: This is where the girls get to experience recovery in a more intimate setting. The house that they live in sits on about three acres of land. And in the back, they have a horse pasture where we are able to get animals out there. Soon we should have chickens and goats and all type of different animals. They also get to have their groups here at the house. I've seen so
3: many women's lives change. And it's amazing to be able to see that.
2: What I like to see is when they come in and when they leave. I see
6: the difference. Um, out there, they have a group room. They have a exercise room. They have a therapy room. They have no outside distractions going on. They have an amazing opportunity out here to live together. You've got to, for your recovery,
8: you've got to understand like this is a life or death situation. Any time we go use, we get, we're
6: susceptible. You know, we just are, no matter what drug it is or anything. Out here at the Chester Program Women's House, this is where they get acclimated in their recovery foundation for the first 28 days. Communication is the key to recovery. Yeah, we can
8: say, just don't use over here. You know, just don't use. Sometimes just don't use, that's great. You know, I, I live by because I don't use no matter what, but also there's so much more over here that you gotta work on in your soul.
6: This is a really good opportunity for females to come in where they get to build relationships with other women that they live with, because a lot of us come in and we have past trauma with women, or have never had a woman figure in our life, they get to work through all that in early recovery.
8: The reward though is seeing you guys, seeing people like Ms. P coming back because she wanted to, seeing women get their children back, you know, seeing you guys, you know, develop relationships. That's what ke- wakes me up in the morning and gets me to come to McShane and you guys, you know, and, and seeing our alumni and like just. There's a million stories I could tell you about awesome women that have come through McShin and like where they're at now. So
6: if you're a female that is looking for a program recovery house, Chesterfield House will be an amazing opportunity for you to come out. And this is where you'll be able to found a great foundation of recovery.
0: I lost my son I was searching for an identity. I knew that we needed a space for them to memorialize them and I came up with the concept of Veloma Memorial Gardens and it's been beautiful.
8: This type of grief, losing someone due to an overdose, can be very isolating and so a garden like this is able to bring people together, let people know that they're not the only one who've lost someone.
0: Having a public garden and a public space where we bring overdoses and substance use out of the dark, shame, stigmatized areas of the world, it
7: humanizes it, it normalizes it. So when you come together as a
0: collective,
8: you, you see that there is more similarities in grief than there is when we're separated. And so it allows people to, to get support and to feel seen and
7: to feel heard.
8: We say as a nation, mental health matters. Well, why does it matter? 22% of young people in this country have a mental health disorder with severe impact. It matters because when we don't take care of it, we do things like develop unhealthy relationships with substances to find ways to cope and manage to feel comfortable in our own skin. What are we waiting for? You know, as we were
2: plotting out where we were going to go, there was a lot of what-ifs. But there was one place that there wasn't a what-if about, and that was to make sure that we came to McShin here in Richmond.
6: This is one of our many celebrations of National Recovery Month, which is an annual celebration all around the country to celebrate the lives of people who are in recovery or seeking it.
1: I just spent the previous 11 years, I didn't care who saw it, if I was messed up doing things wrong or bad. So why do you care about if somebody knows you're in recovery? We need people in recovery to live out loud. But if we don't take responsibility of the future of recovery in America, who will?
6: McShin Foundation is a recovery community organization. We provide housing, a recovery program, and jail-based recovery support services across Virginia and beyond.
8: Recovery is fluid and at every turn and at every change in my life my recovery is ever-present.
4: My name is Stuart Smith. I'm a person in long-term recovery and what that means is that I get a chance to become part of my community, become part of my family, and it really is a second chance at life.
1: I personally have lived out loud my recovery for 40 plus years. It has never ever done anything but serve me well. John Shenholz. I'm President and co-founder of the McShen Foundation here in Richmond, Virginia. McShin was uh, founded, established in 2004 by me and my wife Carol McDade. Many of you folks know Carol or you might know me. We're both in long-term recovery from substance use disorders. For me that means I've been clean and sober since August 10th, 1982, which will be 40 years next month. You know, since starting McChinn, founding McKen, McChin, I had no idea we would grow into this incredible organization that was able to be an incubator for the development and implementation of peer recovery support services, not only here in Virginia, but throughout the United States and many countries in the free world. And it's just been an amazing journey. You know, in the beginning of the journey, it was all about reducing stigma, but since 2004, a whole lot's happened. Our whole industry has exploded, not only into multiple pathways to recovery, but uh, major harm reduction um, instruments, tools, and caveats out there. And we were able to penetrate the criminal justice system actually provide wonderful uh, programming for folks incarcerated to include the appropriate reentry support services. We've also been able to help navigate the explosion of of the, the peer navigators in our community, those that ride along with first responders and people in that area. So we've really got to see the true incubation of the Authentic Peer Recovery Support Services, as well as the the bureaucratic uh, uh, type of services as well. So, you know, we've gotten from point A to point B in 18 years, but we still got to get to point C, D, E, and F. So, our journey continues. We have a lot of work to do. I feel like our best work is in front of us. Um, I feel like the world hadn't seen nothing yet when it comes to the real power and importance of authentic care recovery support services provided by those with lived experience, allowing those very same people to help shape policies and develop the new systems. So, as always, more later. Thank you very much. Here at McShinn, we believe in the McShinn way, which is authentic recovery support service providers, people with lived experience, bringing that experience to those who need that lived experience in recovery.
8: Here at McShinn, we believe in many things to support our mission. We believe in women empowerment.
9: What I love most about what we believe here at McShinn is we believe in the authenticity of the peer-to-peer approach.
2: Here at the McShin Foundation, we believe in giving people opportunity.
8: Here at McShin, we believe in the inherent worth and dignity of every person. At the McShin Foundation,
2: we believe in helping people reach their full potential. Here at the McShin Foundation, we believe in multiple pathways to recovery. Here
8: at McShin, we believe in placing principles before
0: personalities to help spread hope.
1: Here at McShin, we believe that recovery is possible and that any person seeking recovery can become a more acceptable, responsible, and productive
9: member of society. Here at the McShin Foundation, we believe in self-discovery.
6: Here at McShin, we believe in saving lives and offering second chances.
3: Here at McShin, we believe you can do this.
2: Here at McShin Foundation, we believe that we can only keep what we
3: have by giving away, which is why we continue to help others like us seek and find recovery.
8: started. That's so tall. I'm good. I'll just do my tippy toes. Um, I'm Honesty. I am a woman in recovery and I am a McShen proud alum of this organization. Helped to save my life over 15 years ago and I am the co-founder of Care Talks. In best-selling author of this beautiful book. I'm going to wear this shirt every day. Free advertising. But if you're a McShannon and you need a book, just hit me up on Monday and I'll give you one of my books, okay? Um, So the next speaker that we have is uh, one of my good friends. She is actually a McShann alum as well. You know, being able to work in this environment. Um, I came in earlier and I was like, this is the coolest place in the world to work. Like it literally is. It's family here. And then we get to see these humans come into our organization and their lives literally change in front of us. And it's, it's, it's a breathtaking experience. So this woman is a mom, a wife, but also like one of the super coolest chicks I've ever met in this whole time coming through this organization. Because She keeps it real and she doesn't give but you know what? Like, because that is the authenticity that I adore in the humans that we serve and the people that we're surrounded with is because life is way too short and it is up to us to like be healers, but also be ourselves and learn from ourselves and learn from our challenges as well. And this woman has definitely had some challenges throughout her recovery and she's one of the best, uh, Role models you can have, you know, ladies. So I would get her number before you leave. With that, I give you Kelly Wasaki. I can take the microphone off.
7: Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's what I'm actually gonna do. I'm not a public speaker though. But um, hi everyone, I'm Kelly. I'm an addict alcoholic, um, and I'm a person in long term recovery. Um, <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to try not to cry. because, um, um, You know, my predecessors before me would say, you know, it gets better, it gets easier. And they still say that. And I really didn't believe them um, until this year, like this Thanksgiving, I, uh, I've just, you know, I know it was tough for you, Corey, but man, this was the best Thanksgiving I've ever had in my whole life. And um, to see, like, and I'll, I'll get to how I got here to this point. And I'm, I'm how, I, how I've grown, but um, it's hard to say how much gratitude I have and how good I feel when I have my brother struggling right now and he's really sick, um, you know, and um, it's just frustrating because you just want to like give it to him and you know, my story is very different than Tammy's, um, but I'm really grateful. I don't know if she's still here, but whatever Tammy said, I'm so thankful for you saying that because I need to hear the relapse as part of the story because that wasn't my story. Um, I started drinking and using when I was in high school. I was tripping in high school and I was blacking out drunk and uh, that never stopped. And I never, um, I never even knew about recovery. I was so delusional. I never thought I had a problem. I thought it was normal. I just wanted to party, be the fun wild child and that's how it was until I was 36, full blown meth addict living above a bar with a freaking 62 year old. Um, and that was a hard one to let go too. That was crazy. Right. You met him. <laughs> um, so you know, 36 years old, it was a spiritual bottom for me. I, you know, I was, um, full blown meth addict. Like I said, I was, uh, you know, um, paranoid, I was afraid, I was delusional. Um, and I fell to my knees and I just, I finally asked, called my mom and asked for help. And, um, I was living in New Jersey and they actually drove down to New Jersey from New Hampshire and brought me back up to New Hampshire, um, all in one day. They knew I was ready and, um, and something in me knew what I, I was ready, but I didn't know what that meant though. I didn't know about recovery, um, I didn't know, I mean, I did, but I I didn't. Like, my stepfather's in recovery, and um, I would make fun of, like, ooh, 12 steps, that's so stupid. Um, <laughs> resentments, what's that? I don't know. Like, I didn't get it. Like, I was so delusional. And um, I got, you know, I got to a homeless shelter, and I started to understand, like, like I had this gratitude that, like, I, it consumed me. And I started to understand, like, oh, my gosh, you know, like, I just, I I just need to just not use and like, just do what everyone tells me to do. And they were like, make, make calls, find places to go, you know, and I was grateful for this mattress that I had. And I was excited that I was going to bed at 11 o'clock and not up for five days. Like all these things I became grateful for. It was crazy. Like, um, like the experience was surreal. And I literally felt like I was 16 years old again. Like it was, the I was 36 years old and I felt like I was 16 and I came down to McShin Um, and, uh, you know, I had my first sober Thanksgiving here and, um, I was freaking like obsessed with recovery. Like I was going to AA and NA, I was doing service positions in both. I had sponsor, I was working steps. I was done the first 12 steps by nine months. Like I was obsessed, you know, like I literally chased my, my recovery. Like I chased my drugs. And, um, you know, that first Thanksgiving, you know, I was with this family. I built my whole life around recovery. And, you know, the things that worked for me, you know, the 12 steps we talked about, but like, I was obsessed with exercising. I was obsessed with journaling. Um, I was obsessed with meditation. I was obsessed with prayers, gratitude lists. Like I was up at freaking three o'clock in the morning for three hours, like doing all this stuff. Yes. I was coming off of meth. So it was probably that too, but you know, like I was really just, I guess, really passionate. Um, And I've held on to that. I've literally, I still do a lot of that stuff. Um, but that first Thanksgiving, you know, it was hard. Um, but you know, like I, I surrounded myself with like-minded people and people in recovery. And I just did, you know, I stuck around the people that wanted the same thing I wanted and it just became my life. Um, and, and so moving forward, fast forward, you know, God knew what I needed. I needed a not a small family, I needed a big family. I had to um, marry a man that had seven kids. <laughs> so we're not lonely on the holidays, or all the birthdays, <laughs> um, you know. So, so then after that, I, you know, I had my, my child, um, 2018. So I was a little over two years sober by 2018. I had my first child, which I never thought I was gonna have kids. And we have our first Thanksgiving at our house, and it was hard. It was really hard. I was suffering from postpartum. Um, I wanted to drink. Um, And, you know, what I really had to do was make sure I took care of myself. And what that meant was I couldn't hang out all day with everybody. I had to disappear in my room. And that's actually been my forte over the years. And I actually, how long yesterday was I in my room for? Maybe like 20 minutes? Not not long, right? I've been paying attention. Like, (laughs) the last you know the last it's that was our fourth thanksgiving at our house and like you know it gets better you got to continue to the work it's a daily reprieve it's every it's every day you know i am an addict and i'm okay with that you know and and these feelings do pass um you know it's just uh it's just crazy how delusional i was for so long like i just didn't get it and then i did And then I just knew what I needed to do. And you're right. Like, yeah, I'm an addict, alcoholic. I'm going to think about a damn drink. I miss margaritas. Like, that is for sure. But, you know, oh, there's that thought. Yep, I'm definitely an alcoholic. I'm, yeah, not going to drink today. Um, And then that's it. Stay in the day. I'm not going to drink today. So that's how I make it through the holidays. Um, uh, You know, if you're struggling, I'm available 24-7. So thanks. I don't know
8: how to put that back in. <laughs> all right, our our next speaker is scared to death. <laughs> She's been sweating and shaking, and her sweat is dripping all over me up here. I don't know, Art. That might stay, but you might have to hold it. Um, so our next speaker, so our next speaker, um, I've seen her since she came through the McShane Foundation. She is now staff at the McShane Foundation, and every day I come in this building, I hope to see her every single day, because I'm telling you, the people, yeah, she's, she's already crying, the people that come into this organization, and then they start working here is even cooler, and... Um, she, can't, she can do nothing but bring a smile to your face. Like, I don't know if you know her, um, but hopefully all of you will get to know her better after this because she literally makes me laugh every single day I come in here um, and makes me just wanna be a better human. So with that, I give you Barbie.
0: She's already got me crying, so that's all right though. My name is Barbie, and I am an addict. Um, I I got here, I, I want to say, by the grace of God. Sorry. Love you. love you guys, too. And I can't believe that I'm actually up here talking, that people... that I'm doing something right. (laughs) I've been using for 43 years, and I keep saying that I've only been clean a year. But out of 40 years, it's been a long year. It's been a fast year. Actually, it's 14 months. Those two months mean something. (laughs) But uh, how I navigate through the holidays. I actually cooked this year. I cooked for two days to make these guys feel at home. And I actually had two guys come up to me crying, saying that they hadn't had a Thanksgiving dinner like that in 10 years. And it made me feel really special. Man. Anyway, how oh, I navigate through the holidays, I get up in the morning and I'm grateful every day that I get up, and I ask God for His will to be done, not mine, because I got to get out of my way. But God's got me. Every day, I come in here and I'm a make like RCS, Recovery Cleaning Specialist. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. But I get to come in here and I get to watch these people grow. And it, man, it warms my heart to see these guys come in here and they come in here and you look like shit when you get here. And then I see them, you know, come in and every day they look better and better and better. And man, it just warms my heart. And I, and I get hugs every day, and I, and I love that. There's so much love in this place, and I get to spread that love, and I'm so grateful today that I got the best job in the world. You know, I could make more money, Jesse, just saying. <laughs> but I'm grateful for what I get, because it's, my job is, I mean, it's priceless to watch you guys grow. I I can't talk the whole eight minutes because I'm not a yacker. I could cry cry for another four. I promise you that. (laughs) But I just want to tell you guys, uh, I'm thankful for everything you do for me. And uh, I don't worry about tomorrow because I know God's already there. He's got my back in every way. She said to talk about Jesus, but, I mean, if I talk about Jesus and... I, I I can't thank him enough you know like Walter says if you got a thousand tongues you can't thank him enough and I know when I got here I was 28 days and then I got here and I came to break in the bondage a Sunday afterwards and I thought I called my son I said come pick me up after church well he called he was on his way and I said don't come I said I want to stay another 30 days and then that 30 days has turned into over a year I've been here I'm a house leader, I, I, and I don't consider myself a house leader. I'm just try to like guide these guys, and I and I try to sh- lead by example. Um, I can't talk to talk, but I can walk the walk. Yeah, but today I'm just I'm just so grateful. I guess that's all I got. <laughs>
8: All right, yes, Barbie. She's a sweet baby angel. Um, so the next speaker is Alama of McShane. We got McShane, Alama, up in the house. Um, and we got to reconnect over a faith event that I went to recently, and it's really cool seeing people they haven't seen in a long time and like seeing where their lives have gone and like all the beautiful things they're doing, not just in their recovery, but also like on this planet and they're doing for other people. Um, so with that, I give you Jason Buckley.
10: I get up here and do my karaoke, y'all to hear me do my karaoke, that's, it's crazy. Um, my name is Jason, I'm a addict and alcoholic, but I'm also a person in long-term recovery, uh, which for me that means that I haven't had to use a drink or a drug since August 23rd of 2012. So I just celebrated 10 years. And I could not have done it without that man, this young lady, and this RCO that we love so much that's called McShin. Um, John and David Rook were coming down to the jail. I was in a program at the Richmond City Jail. You know, at one time I thought my address was going to be 1701 Fairfield Way. it was my address it was my address and uh i was in a program there called uh, men in recovery and john and rook would come in there every day and they walk in there you know and i said man i want some of what they got i said i want recovery i want this thing called recovery and um you know for me i know we're talking about staying clean during the holidays um But for me, every day is a day to stay clean and sober and every every day to be grateful um, for what we have. You know, I stand strong on Psalms 40 and 2, which says he lifted me up out of the muck and the mire and placed my feet on a solid ground. And for anybody, that muck could be drugs, alcohol, pornography, whatever separates you from God. And for me, it was all those things, you know. Guy asked me one time, he said, man, what will happen if you take a drink? I said, picture this. I said, you wake up, your money's gone, your watch is gone, your car keys are gone. He said, that's what will happen to you if you take a drink? I said, no, that's what will happen to you if I take a drink. (laughs) I'll be out to get you then. You know, trick, trap, ambush. Um, And that's just how it goes, man. I mean, I can be the nicest guy in the world, um, clean and sober, and I start drinking and drugging, and the next thing you know, I'm... Stealing your wallet and helping you look for it. Man, I know that thing was around in some But, you know, like yesterday, Thanksgiving, um, over the past eight years, I guess. So I came here in 2014. Um, my dad came and picked me up from the Richmond City Jail. I called them. I, so I was in jail for umpteenth time. Um, they had pulled my criminal background check when I went to get my contractor's license, and uh, it was 31 pages long. So, they they were releasing me in January. Uh, John, you remember I came, I had shorts on, and it was cold outside. You gave me some pants. Your pants were size 40 at the time, by the way. They ain't a 40 now. I still had some of them 40s. I said, man. But, uh, you know, so they, I was in Richmond and Chesterfield back and forth. And so Richmond thought Chesterfield had put me on probation, and Chesterfield thought Richmond had put me on probation. So my release date came, and they were like, All right, see you later. I said, Oh shit, where am I gonna go, man? But I had been talking to John. I said, Look, man, let me come stay at one of the houses. And he took me to Smith House, and I went from Smith House to Big Al's house. And uh, but, you know, the biggest thing for me was, was I embraced recovery. Like I went to 120 meetings in 90 days. You know, I didn't count myself out. Like, you know, back in the day, I would go to a meeting and people would be talking. I say, I ain't done that yet. And they all became my not yet. You know, I ran with the good herd, John. That was, you know, I, I think back now on all of the. The things that that you used to say, and that that I heard in these rooms, and that I was shared with from the old timers, and it was all of those things, you know. Don't use no matter what. Run with the good herd, and I try to incorporate those into all of my daily, my daily life, man. And you know, one of the biggest things that I do when I pray in the morning, I pray with my wife, who's also in recovery. Um, who we reconnected here in a meeting on a Friday night and uh yeah (laughs) honestly so and you know i said they said don't get in no relationship for a year i think rook and john were even taking bets that we wouldn't make it at the time (laughs) yeah it is a safe bet normally but we (laughs) so we've been married now um for eight years and uh and and she's she's amazing um Man, life has been so good. I mean, like I said, I I went from being homeless to homeowner, homeless to business owner. Um, And every day I'm grateful, man. When I pray in the mornings, I say, God, I say, help me to help somebody, you know, help me to get out of my own way and help somebody. And I don't care whether it's the guy holding a sign at the stoplight or I don't care whether it's not rolling that card out of Walmart with that case on the soda's bottom going, mm-hmm, I got away one more time. You know, it's like, not just that cash register honesty. It's, if we drink and we drug to change the way we feel, if we feel good about ourselves, then we don't have to drink and drug. So if I know that I'm doing everything right, if I'm helping people, if I'm helping, uh, you know, somebody that's struggling, somebody that's got a flat tire, I'm helping them change it, or it just if, I, if I'm not being a piece of, you know what, like I used to be, and I'm helping somebody, then I can look in the mirror and honestly say, I don't have to take a drink. or I don't have to get high today, you know, and then step one, two, and three, I can't, he can, why not let him, you know what I mean? And so, man, and I, you know, I put my faith in God. I'm very involved in, uh, in my church. I serve in my church. I was there last Sunday from six in the morning till like one in the afternoon. We have three services. And so, um, you know, I, have served there. They, they put me on the safety team when I first got there. I said, y'all seen my background check? <laughs> put me on the safety team, man. You give me a badge and tell me I'm in charge of things. What's going on here? But, you know, they did. And, and, uh they, they have seen this guy, you know, the old guy was a hot mess. Um, it was, it was bad, man. You know, and, and like we say, we talk about those secular folks who don't have the 12 steps. And I, I, I you know, my, my son who's 20 years old is, uh, he's got the ism, you know, it's not a wasm, it's a ism. And, uh, and he's struggling. He's in the heart program right now in Chesterfield County. And, um, you know, when he calls me, I tell him the same thing. I say, son, I told you. I said, you're going to try it, and you're going to like it. And he did. And, um, you know, it's tough. It's it, it's tough, man, because you feel like you failed him. But then again, I have to go back every day, man, and just trust that God is God's plan. You know, page 417 in the big book, the Alcoholics Anonymous, you know. Sit, man, I have to trust. I have to trust that everything is just like it's supposed to be in God's world right now, you know, regardless of what I. And, and like my wife always says, man, you know, because I used to could talk a real good game. They used to call me Mr. Slick, you know. So that's what this I went to rehab the first time in, in North Carolina. And this counselor looked at me. She said, Mr. Buckley. I was in Mount Airy, North Carolina, the home of Mayberry. Right. She said, Mr. Buckley. She said, you know what's going to kill you? I said, that shot of cocaine or that shot of heroin? She said, no, that Mr. Slick that lives inside you. He's going to kill you one of these days. And, you know, my wife in the beginning would always tell me, she would say, mm-hmm, Mr. Slick, that's him. I hear you talking to talk, but she say, I watch your feet. You know what I mean? Just like she said that, you know, you can't always talk to talk, but you can walk to walk, you know. And so you have to... uh man you just got to do it man so for all you guys that are that are in the houses man i was in smith like when i was just using that restroom I somebody's keeping that rest. i used to keep that restroom that clean too so i yeah <laughs> i said uh i said man it smell like it smell like bleach in here man it's clean but um you know those are all they're they're all the things man that you have to put that you have to put it at the front of everything you know gratitude um and man, just not being a piece of you know what? I mean, really, because at the end of the day, you might be clean and sober, but if you're cheating on your girl or your wife, man, eventually that conscience is gonna have you back out there because the devil wants you dead, but he's happy if you're miserable. You know what I mean? I say that all the time, man. I say, people say, "What's your job?" I said, "I'm a I'm a tile guy," and they said, "You're pretty good at it." I said, "Yeah, I'm pretty good at it." I said, "Well, you know what the devil's job is? If you like." Blonde and heroin. He ain't gonna send you no cocaine and a brunette. You know what I mean. He's gonna send you what you're gonna make it look real good. And that little guy right there on his the shoulder is gonna say, mm-hmm, "Come on, man, you can do it this time. You can do it this time. It'll be different this time." How many times have we told ourselves that it's gonna be different this time? You know, I used to play the tape, and I'm gonna share this, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna end. You know, I used to play the tape, the beginning of the tape. And it would start off at, my, my story is like Applebee's used to have that tall, frosty Brutus glass, right? And they would take the beer and pour it in there and it would turn into like a beer Slurpee. It was like a beer utopia, right? But that was the first part of the tape. The end of the tape was, I'm in a city motel peeking out the window. I got the same shoes and socks on that I had on for five days. And the dope man's driving my truck, and I'm praying, man, I hope he bring me that blast back. You know what I mean? That's it. And hoping I can make it home, man, Um, you know, where I was supposed to be. But it's, man, I, I stressed this, and I just shared this the other day. I said, man, you never have to drink or use again. You really don't, man. Don't use no matter what. That's it right there. Don't use no matter what, man. The dog dies. The wife leaves you. That's what that's what he used to say, man. Don't use no matter what. Cause I promise you, you will not regret staying clean and sober, man, but you will regret getting high. Thanks for letting me share. Yeah. Oh, look. Figured it out. You
8: get your milk, right? The less I know. Hey, Jesus made me short and I love it. Um <laughs> So our last speaker, our last speaker is one of my faves. He um, is my hire uh, for the McShenn Foundation. Um, and, you know, being able not to, again, this is the super coolest place ever to work. You know, it's not just we're coworkers by any means, we're family. And I've been able to see him go through a lot of serious stuff and a lot of challenges since he started to work here at McShen And. Um, go through it very humbling, but also scared, you know. And he's a pretty big dude, and you know, you wouldn't think, and he cried yesterday morning in the gratitude meeting. Uh, we don't have that in tape though. But you know, to to see um, how family oriented he is, and for him to be a husband to one of my good friends um, is pretty amazing because I was there when y'all met, and um, I know a lot of that story, so. Being able to have a a male a male figure in this organization um, that has been through a lot of different challenging things and he's walked through it um, in pain and it's been beautiful, but it's also he hasn't used no matter what. And then you know he's got he got a lot of work to do around here. So I'm super grateful for Jesse Wasaki. <laughs>
9: she's made she's made that very clear. <laughs> I'll take it off too. Um, all right, so um, uh, first, my, my name is Jesse Wasaki. I'm a person of long-term recovery from substance use disorder, and um, you know what that means for me is I haven't found it necessary to use any uh, mood or mind-altering chemicals, substances um, for going on. It'll be 11 years in January. So, yeah. Um, and and I want to I want to clarify something right for for the participants that are sitting out here and anybody that's watching. Um, I didn't meet Kelly while she was in McShin, so let's just, and, and I didn't work at McShin either, so let's just, just clear that up, all right? Um, I, I I hadn't started working here, it had been a while um, since she had came out of McShin. Um, we actually met at an NA meeting, um, and um, you know, from there it just launched Love at First Sight for me. Um, and um, <laughs> and, and, and I, I wanna share this too, um, I just love, I love listening to my wife speak, you know, she came up here and she said that she's not a public speaker and John was like, yes, you are. Like she really, and everybody was good, man. I, everybody, like I'm just sitting here, like my soul was getting fed, just sitting here. And like, I'm like, I don't even wanna come up here and share, like, I don't got nothing else to share. Like, I don't know what else to tell y'all, right? My soul got fed by everybody that came up here before me, um, you know, and and I wish I could tell you a magic formula, um, you know, on how to stay clean through the holidays but I, don't, I really, honestly, I'm keep it real. I don't know the magic formula, you know. I don't. I just don't pick up, right? I don't use like my days, my days during the holidays aren't much different than my days outside of the holidays, and that's that's me just keeping it real with you. Now, like I'll struggle at times, but I struggle when it's not the holidays, right? And so what happened for me early on, like early on, I allowed. This is what's real important for me. Like I allowed people to teach me right? And, then, and and see, you know, some of y'all might, um, those of y'all that see me on a daily basis might be like, man, that dude ain't got no humility, right? Um, he's always telling us what to do and how to do it, right? You know, that might go through your mind. Um, but like humility is just remaining teachable, right? And for me, I had to be teachable and I still have to be teachable. And that's what helped me through this process, right? So I came, you know, I, 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 I came 11 years ago, um, you know, in and out of treatment centers in and out of rehabs in and out of 12 step and you know like uh like what was shared before me by Corey you know my pathway is NA and I'm not representing Narcotics Anonymous that's just the pathway that I go to but like my wife shared like the things that I do is exercise I don't really meditate too much um I I, I meditate but not her form of meditation um she, she she tricks me sometimes she she tells me I'm going to meditate, and she goes upstairs and goes to sleep. So like that's 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 her form of meditation. She used to get me like that for years, y'all. Hey, on, on the way here, babe, babe, she was like, I gotta get, I gotta get back to meditating. And I swear I wanted to be like, you gotta get back to sleeping upstairs, but I didn't say nothing. Um, but um, but um you know these these things that y'all taught me are the things that I still do today, right? They're the things that I still do today. I um you know I, I was trying to think of, on what I wanted to share and I want to share I want to share something about the past with y'all and then I want to share something that happened yesterday. Um, you know and and again, I don't know the magic formula, right? But I know what it was like to be sitting behind that glass whether it was in prison when you can have the the visit where you could touch somebody or in jail where I had that glass in front of me. I've been to both of them, right? And I remember this one particular time where I was over at Riverside Jail. I think somebody was talking about being at Riverside. I was over at Riverside Regional Jail, and my son, my oldest son, who, you know, God rest his soul, passed away as a direct result of substance use. Um, I remember him coming to visit me, Um, him and his sister, my my other daughter, Haley, right? Justin and Haley came to visit me, and um, I'm sitting, The the glasses in front of me, they come, they knock on the glass, pick up the phone, um, and they're like, Dad, all you do is lie to me. You told me you won't going to get locked back up, and you write locked back up, right? I'll never forget that moment, right? Man, I remember, I I didn't know what to say to him. I didn't know what to do. I remember walking back to my cell, shutting the door, and, right, you know, that, my like Corey said, I don't like to cry, and that was a lie. I didn't cry yesterday for those. That weren't there, uh, but but I, I I'm I'm in car- <laughs> I'm incarcerated, right? You know, so the, y'all been incarcerated. Who's been locked up? You know, right? I don't want to do. I don't want nobody in the pod to see me cry. So I gotta shut the cell, and I got to, I'm crying in this cell, and I'm like, man, what the what is wrong with you, Jess? Like you keep lying to your kids. You know, you a, like you a piece. I was a piece of shit. I was I was man. I was terrible, man. Like people see me now as a good dad. I want a good dad. I, my kids, man, I was terrible, man. I stole from them. I shot dope in front of them. You know, I lied to them. That's the stuff that I did to my kids, right? Now you can you can fast forward, right? Fast forward, and we having Thanksgiving dinner at my house, at, at our house. Let me at our house. Me and my wife are having the family over, and, we've, and this has been a tradition that her and I we started since we got together. Like used to be before I met my wife. Before I met Kelly, I would go over to my sister's house. Usually, um, you know, and then after we got together, I started out. You know, I I just love, I love fam, I love camaraderie, I love connection, I love that. Um, You know, we started this, and um, yesterday, (laughs) so I got a thirteen-year-old son. I'm gonna share this. Going to be this might sound a little inappropriate, but I got to share it, man, because to me it was the funniest shit I ever seen. Y'all might not think it's funny, right? But to me it was just funny. So I got a thirteen-year-old son, and his cousin is over visiting. Um. You know, and he comes over, he usually comes over every year for Thanksgiving. So they're close. You know, Cam and DK, they're real close. They're over there and um and I got I put them to work, right? They came over on Wednesday and I said, Look, I need y'all to go out and, and rake the leaves. I'll give you a little bit of help. You know, you want to make some money, I'll give you some money. But y'all gotta go out in the backyard and y'all gotta rake the leaves. And they're like, All right, we'll do it. You know, since you're gonna pay us, we'll do it. So they both go out there and they got some rakes. And so I, I got um you know the blower machine. I'm like, all right, I'll give you a blower, and y'all can take the blower machine out there, um and um you know work that too. And you know they're both out there, and so like they're working for a little while. I'm taking pictures, you know, because very rarely do I get to get to see them doing work for real, for real. Um, and like I, I I walk out, they open the door and the blower, the blow they're blowing the leaves right, but they're talking and they don't hear me walk up on them. So. so uh, <laughs> So I'm sorry, I was just funny, right? So so I hear their conversation, right? And and DK's got the the, the machine, the blowing machine, he's blowing the leaves, and he's you know he's holding it on his hip like this. You now you blow it? And, and Cam looks
4: at him. Cam's like, damn, I bet
9: that feels good on your meat. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> and so, and so so he answers him, he's like, Yeah, it does. I gotta get my thing out. I'm recording it now. I was <laughs> like, all right, let me try it. <laughs> he takes the damn machine, right? He starts blowing the Yo, that shit was the funniest thing I seen. And then he then he then he turns around and he sees I caught him and he's like, Oh <laughs> he Yo, he jumps, he throws the machine. <laughs> man, look, <laughs> that right there, man, that's sh- that made my day. I could. I'm telling you, man, like, that was it, man. And and that's the stuff, right? That's that, man, that right there. That's the stuff that keeps me clean, man. That's the stuff that helps me through the holidays, right? I get to I get to be a part of that. Like, I wasn't a part of that. I was the guy behind that glass freaking mirror knocking, picking up the phone, right? And now I get to be a part of that, man. So, you know, I don't know the magic formula, right? But I know... I know this, I don't want to use. I don't want to use, man. I don't want to go back to that glass window, right? I don't want to go back to the different socks smelling for five days, right? I don't want to go back to that stuff. Man, I love my life today. Thanks for letting me share, y'all.
8: I won't be giving my 13-year-old a blower. All right. Uh, uh, Yeah. Um, so <laughs> well, I won't be listening. Um, okay, so this that's to wrap it up. Um, just a couple things that we didn't announce. So these videos go into seventy six jails in the United States, so that we have a really cool partnership. Um, with the tablets in the jail. So it's really reaching so many people. So I really appreciate all the speakers and your time. Um, our next event for the end for the year will be December 30th here in this room. We're gonna talk about ringing in the new year and how to stay in recovery and some tips and solutions on that. And our very own Mandy Brando is going to do a book signing back there. Mandy um, handles our jail programs. And then McShen has a big event coming on December 11th. It is shopping with Santa so we're gonna have an event in here for kids we're gonna have arts and crafts So bring your children and then we're gonna have a silent auction going on at the same time so that's December 11th from 4 to 6 here and just follow us on social media Care Talks and the McShin Foundation and just everybody have a safe happy holiday
6: This is gonna be the best day
4: ever. This is gonna be the best day ever.
10: Wake up, top of the morning. The bacon is crispy, the coffee is pouring. My meditation is peeling an orange. The bank says I'm already
1: scoring.
8: I got a parking spot right outside. Step into my brand new ride. All we ever get is green lights and blue skies. This is gonna be the best. (laughs) Liller. I am the CEO of the McShen Foundation and a woman in long term recovery. Since May 27, 2007, I have not used drugs or alcohol. Woo-woo! Thank you so, so much to the Richmond Times Dispatch and all of our voters for Getting the Herd podcast. Those podcasts are amazing. Not only has it helped thousands upon thousands of people in their recovery, as well as family members, but it has helped me in my personal recovery. I get to listen to them now in my car through Spotify and iHeartRadio. And it's just really, really important for us to be innovative in the addiction field and the recovery community. So when COVID hit, we had to be innovative. You know, we really had to think of like, what can we do to reach people that cannot go to 12-step meetings? Smart recovery, faith based, whatever um, that we're shutting down constantly. So we were innovative here at McShin. Let's start podcast. So with Todd, John, Alex, um, and some other staff, you know, we all just kind of jumped in who can do what. And um, with Todd's lead and John's lead, The podcasts have been amazing and we're still doing them today. So I want to thank you for all of your votes and all of your energy and all of your support of our mission of healing families and saving lives. Thanks.